Hello everyone and welcome to episode 5 of the Forbidden Love Rugby Podcast. Thanks again for dialing in wherever it is you find your podcast. It's Mikey here, inviting into the squared circle of topical rugby debate two very worthy contenders. In the blue corner, representing the Valleys, Reese, the Tonnerevel Tornado. Hello Reese. I am Mikey. And in the black corner, representing the city, Ed, the Fairwater Freight Train. Hello Ed. Choo choo. Hello. In round one, we take a look at the news. More notably, the finalising of the Wales coaching team up until today and what a day it's been. Eddie Jones is back. That didn't take long. Austin Healy prepares for his own in-ring action with fellow creator Squidge. We hope to remain impartial, but Squidge, we're in your corner. And Wayne Pivak's world keeps turning and he's back in the UK. In round two, we take a look back the weekend's regional European Slam, a sucker punch to the competition no doubt, and after a visit to the corners for a pep talk and a mop of the brow, we come out into round three swinging into Gatlin's second first squad, who's in, who's out and who survived from the first first squad in the 2008 Six Nations and his first last squad in the 2009 Rugby World Cup. The second win comes in round four, where we look forward to this weekend's European Rugby for the regions and deliver a knockout blow in round five with our forbidden loves of the week. Gentlemen, let's have a good clean chat, keep it above the belt and let's get stuck into the Forbidden Love Rugby Podcast. And here we are boys. What are we doing? an introduction. Yeah, very well. Thank you, Mikey. <laughs> Ah, oh, sorry, man. Let's try and get a bit of get a bit of spice on a Tuesday night, didn't it? Yeah, mix it right up. Uh, it's, it's, it is spicy in rugby world. Let's. Uh... <laughs> oh, no doubt. So much. What a, what a what a what a week! What a day! No less. Indeed, indeed. So I was the boys. Yeah. What, what have we been up to? Not too bad. My uh, house had a minor electrical explosion last week, but glad to say we're past the worst of that now. So finally, have electricity and power. Uh, as we can tell yeah, I, here I a am rarity up in the valleys <laughs> uh, what about the weekend it was my mother's birthday on Saturday so there were uh, toddlers and grandchildren galore knocking about the house uh, oh, birthday Mrs Jones from the FL rugby pod indeed and then topped it all off with a little trip down the Arms Park for the Falcons game which we'll talk about later no doubt yes we will Ed what about you Ed Ah, well, we've lost Ed. Let's uh, we get him back when we can. But if we, uh, well, shall we move on to how we can get in touch with us? Yeah, bit of admin to uh, kick things off. Uh, you can get in touch with us here at the pod via our email address, which is forbiddenloverugby at gmail dot com. Our uh, FL Rugby Pod handle is uh, on Twitter is at FL Rugby Pod. Uh, my personal handle is at Mikey S. Harris, or lowercase. Like I said, I don't know if that makes a difference. And Reese, do you want to give us your the, the way we get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. So I'm on Twitter, at RJJ Blue and Back. Oops, sorry, at... Uh, Ed confused me then by coming back. No, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I am at RJJ Blue and Black. How about you, Ed? Uh, I've written it down this week, so I'd remember it correctly. I'm Good at man. Eddie Rugby, E-double-D-double-Y Rugby on Twitter and that's the best place to catch me smashing and that's the admin taken care of we would really love to hear from you let us know what you like let us know what you want to hear more of or maybe even what you want to hear less of 
<laughs> whatever, whatever we get, and any feedback is gratefully received, positive, negative, or otherwise. Indeed, definitely be a request for more of those introductions, Mikey. Oh, behave. <laughs> <laughs> now onto the news. We kick off with Wales finalising the coaching team: Alex King, Alex King, apologies, Mike Forshaw, and Jonathan Thomas. What do we think, boys? Well. Yeah, uh, Alex King, I think, was sort of strongly trailed in the media. We all sort of saw it coming. Uh, you know, he did work with Howley, as Ed pointed out last week. Um, Jonathan Thomas probably blindsided us all today because it was in a role that Pivak deemed unnecessary, which was, uh, what was it, contact really? area specialist, which is, you know. Yeah, something like that. For a, for yeah, a, co- um... for a contact sport, one would assume that a specialist in the contact area would be... Def- definitely worth having, and then, yeah, then boys, there was uh, for sure as well come into the into the mix. Yeah, what do you reckon of uh, Mike Forshaw? He's um he's a rugby league man, uh, much in the same vein as Sean Edwards, being a being from Wigan. Do you think uh, rugby league players make good rugby union coaches? Um, well, I I mean it's been good for us <laughs> with mm. the one we've had, but um. You know, I I hope he's he's basically I hope he's just a reincarnation of Sean Edwards. To be honest, uh, currently at Sale, who have conceded the fewest tries in the Premiership this season so far. So knowing that already excites me about him. I've no knowledge about him prior to this at all. So, um, you know, I've got no sort of concept of what he is like. I've not no, m- watched much of Sale, so I can't tell what their defensive style is like. Yeah. But- and I, I feel similarly, it's this old thing, isn't it, with rugby league coaches coming to union. It, it typically is in a defensive capacity. Um, yeah. You, you know, with the exception, I guess, of Farrell, who's head coach over in Ireland, but he has been in rugby union for some time. It's that, I think, it's some of that attitude. Like, teaching people to want to defend, I think, is... Well, maybe not easy, but identifying people who want to defend is easy. And if you can win that battle straight off the bat, then the technical side of it becomes a bit more straightforward. And I, I think that's easier, perhaps, than being a player where you've got to operate within the framework of rugby union laws whilst you're trying to execute a game plan rather than designing one beforehand within that framework. I think certain players can certainly cross over but from union to league, but it's... Uh... It's it's the difference. It's, it's that difference in that 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 particular area of the game and the the, the skill set. Which um, you know, you're a good. You know, you're a good player when you can do both relatively well. I mean, we had boys go from union to league, league to union, with success, and with with not so much success. You look at sort of uh, Sam Burgess and Andy Farrell. They're playing careers weren't exactly sage in rugby union. But um, you look at Jason Robinson, Chris Ashton. Uh, and Sonny Bill Williams of of more modern times, and then John Bentley uh, in the Lions '97. Yeah, I I think as well if you if you think about it, a lot of those guys, perhaps you could consider them to be big fish in a relatively small pond in rugby league, and you know you get the odd person who comes to Union and becomes a superstar, but then you think of your guys like Burgess who might have gone from being a big fish in a small pond to a average fish in a much bigger pond. But of course, you know, Burgess might have been a victim of that hype that was built ahead of his arrival. More than quite possible. More than quite possible. And Ed, um, do you think um, we trust 
the decisions that Gatlin have made in terms of the coaching staff and setup? <laughs> in Gats we trust. Um, Absolutely. He's got uh, a huge, um, you know, depth of uh, respect in Wales and the things he did with the squads he had available to him, uh, the coaches he brought in. Uh, all I've got is trust in him at the moment, and and you know until the results start coming in. Right now, I I'm fully behind everything he does and who he decides he wants within in the coaching staff. Yeah, and I think that trust has been earned as well. His entire Wales career seemed to me to be quite pragmatic, and all of his coaching appointments really feel like they're the result of a process. Whereas Pivak's initial coaching picks, Stephen Jones, Sam Warburton, Byron Hayward, John Van Humphreys, etc., felt a bit like jobs for the boys. And then the subsequent tinkering and changes in the squad felt more like just throwing shit at a wall and seeing what's stuck. And I just feel like we're all going to be a bit more comfortable now, you know, not hearing the faint click of a tombola coming from the veil on the eve of a, of a selection. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you've got more confidence in um, yeah. in the approach. I think uh, you look at Wayne Pavak in his interviews. He, I don't think he knew what he was going to say next, let alone think yeah. what was coming next. Totally, totally. Um, not out of his depth so much, but I think, uh, like I said, we've alluded to the fishbowl that is uh, Welsh rugby. A lot of three three million eyes, three million selectors, three million coaches, and that's what he's got to come up against. I think Gatland manages that quite well. Moving swiftly on the revolving door of international coaching, no less. Um, Eddie's back. He is back. Uh, what a Machiavellian genius. <laughs> so, uh, for what it sounds like, uh, he was being courted for 14 months out dead. Sorry. You were on mute. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> um, I, I believe that like he was having meetings in Richmond as early as 2021. Unreal. You know, putting plans in place there to potentially return to Australia post-England at the World Cup. But, you know, his hand's been forced before that and I imagine he's chomping at the bit now to, (laughs) to, to, you know, ruin ruin their World Cup party. And this is it. I mean, he would have been aware that he had a no-compete clause in his contract the entire time he had that contract. So you can imagine him just having these dinners because he knew that if England ever pulled the plug, he could go straight to Australia and, and show and get his revenge, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and I think probably Rugby Australia have had their eye on him with his market success, with his relative success with England even, because, like, you know, he's a, he's a great World Cup coach. He's And he's... His, his career to date has, has showed that. Yeah, and I mean, something a lot of commentators have said is that initially he will bring a siege mentality, a backs-against-the-wall mentality, and after a while, um, I think it was the Blood and Mud guys who pointed this out, that can turn into a, a shut-up, Eddie, sort of, you know? But I, I feel like there'll be a bounce with Eddie in Australia. I, I really think that there'll be a force to be reckoned with at the World Cup now because of this. Do you think... Um... This will make England change their plans, their strategy for the World Cup. Do you want to feel this one, Ed? Sorry, I was sneezing then. Um, I, yeah, well, I guess it will. I will. I think that um, I'm sure, Reese, you mentioned that um, if uh, if they do lose to us in the group stages, then 
that's their best route to meeting England in the knockout stages. And so it's well within Eddie's remit to put out a third string team, if possible, against us to lose, just so he can then meet England in the knockouts to, like I say, ruin their party and knock them out of the World Cup. I'm not going to do the accent, but you can imagine him saying, Yes, mate, it's squad rotation, mate. It's important, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and surely and uh, he's going to be salivating at the prospect of coming up against England, beating the World Cup, or at some point over the next five years. Oh, 100%. Like, I, 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 I could imagine being like a kid on Christmas on the eve of the press conferences and the games. It's, <laughs> he's going to he's gonna struggle to keep a lid on it. And, you know, as much as... I don't like playing against Eddie Jones coached teams because of how he can be in the run-up. I'm really looking forward to the sort of Australia-England games the next sort of half a decade. Yeah, I suppose what we've what we got to look at is like all the salty comments that come from Uncle Eddie, as uh, Ali, Ali Wayne put it, the, the, named him. Uh, and he will. It's, that's what it's going to be. Uh, look, look forward to all that uh, bit to do with it. Very much so. I tell you what, if he is still Australia coach, which is being touted for the Lions tour, um, that could be very spicy and very entertaining. It could feasibly be Gatland coaching the Lions next out as well. <laughs> it's, 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 imagine, imagine the scenes. I mean, what would that be? Gatland's second Australia tour? Oh, shit. Yeah, was, yeah it would be, yeah. It would be, yeah. So he's, he's, he, he must have, that must be a 15-year Lions career. I mean... Where he's been involved at, at yeah, being yeah. an assistant or, or as head coach, I mean, and yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves, but it remains a possibility for sure. I think oh, probably. Oh. Go on, Ed. Oh, I was going to say, uh, uh, you know, now Borfic in place, you'll have a few years of international oh. coaching ahead of him. Uh, I would be well. Imagine that, you know, the old versus the new England mm. coach Lions tour. Imagine oh. the scenes. <laughs> But I, I um, hum, humble opinion, I think um, Andy Farrell is. You put a pound on him, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, you can see it. Father, son, yeah. Lions tour. Oh no, <laughs> no, that's that's that's. I'm writing that down. <laughs> the father, son, Lions tour, twenty twenty five or whatever it is. Oh no, thank you. <laughs> I've all of a sudden changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I think we finished the segment as we started it in Gats we trust. <laughs> Absolutely. Moving swiftly on. Austin Healy versus Squidge. Is it going to happen? I'm saying yes because I've always wanted to see in my lifetime the ultimate battle between good and evil. And yeah, I, I just... I, <laughs> Cardiff, Do we know which one? Cardiff Motorpoint Arena, sell out. Squidge in the good corner, Healy in the evil corner. Let him, let him duke it out. Let's be honest. If um, if you could stack Marmite, five foot bugger all tall, and make it play for Leicester, it'd be Austin Healy. It absolutely would be, and I would be in the hate camp for sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> um, do we think that um, Austin Healy was being a bit of a keyboard warrior there? It's it's weird. I I think he was just being. Uh, he, he was just typing without thinking. I don't think there was any necessarily intent but like he he had to get tagged into the conversation by somebody else and then he, like, his response as a grown man to some criticism of yeah. how he acted as a professional 
was to offer somebody out for a fight. It was ab- and yeah, absolutely ridiculous. 99% of the time you let it ride and um, let those who want to poke the bear. Well, just the thing is, let it lie. Squidge wasn't even poking the bear, man. He's just a... No. You know, Healy's just a chippy little bastard. Like it's, and, and he's he's made a career of being a gobshite. And sometimes I think he just hasn't gone off button. Like just have a day. Yeah. Just have a day off. Like, do you think he's taken a certain degree of thickening of the skin, maybe, or do you think uh, Squid Squid has developed a thick skin over time, maybe with having that interaction with social media so much? I, yeah, I think. The occasions where Squidge has got something wrong, to be fair, he does tend to put his hand up and say, yeah, okay, got that wrong. I, I know there was that interaction with Courtney Laws a little while back where he got some key information wrong about Courtney Laws during an argument, and yeah, it was like straight up, yep, my bad, I got that wrong. And you just don't see that level of humility with Austin Healy, which, well, does that surprise any of you? Well, given, given the fact that uh, he was unsure of his opponent... When playing for England against Wales, Shane who wasn't that the response to the commentator when asked, "What did you think of Shane Williams, your opponent today?" Act- Shane who? Actually, yeah, his the ideal Twitter response for Healy yesterday would have been Squidge who, but yeah, he missed an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Ed, do you think it uh, it will generate all this interaction between uh, Squidge and uh, Austin Healy will generate much activity on their social media outlets? It'll definitely. Uh... Increase ever so slightly for Austin Healy for a, for a short period. Uh, anyone who knows anything about rugby is already following Squidge, so I think, uh, and I also think that ninety nine point nine percent of the rugby uh, following around the world would be firmly in Squidge's corner as well. Yeah, I think I better start following Squidge on that basis alone. Hundred percent. So, so uh, Squidge, don't you worry, pal. We got your back. We're in your corner. With a with a squeeze of an orange and a mop of the brow. That's the spirit. <laughs> and lastly, for news for the news, uh, Wayne's world keeps turning. Uh, he's back in the UK on the prowl for another coaching job. Uh, will he find one? Could he be here for a reason? This all reminds me of the UK office Christmas special where David Brent keeps popping back up in Wernham Hog after he's been fired in the, <laughs> <laughs> in, in the hope that they'll take him back. Um, like, I'm not looking for a job. I mean, you know, Gatlin was on Amazon and got a job coaching Wales, so I feel like Pivak is just hoping that if it, if the wheels fall off for Gatlin, that, yeah, he's going to be next in line and this is the correct strategy to becoming an international coach now. <laughs> yeah, you'd be forgiven. You'd be forgiven for thinking so. To turn up on your on your past can, your, your past coaching jobs doorstep, yeah. sort of yeah. tentatively rat a tat tatting, giving your opinions and um... yeah. I mean, I I think uh, with all seriousness, I I do sort of see his career trajectory going one of two ways, like either towards a tier two nation, maybe a long term Namibia, Russia, Canada, USA sort of role where he can have that time that he seems to crave to build a squad and to build a system. Or, you know, purely as an experiment, I'd like to see what he does at a club with a lot of money. You know, if he's... if he's He seems, like, outwardly confident in his ability to build a team that he wants to play his game. I'd like to see what happens if he could do that. I wouldn't be surprised seeing him pop up in Japan coaching a team, to be honest, because... The style of rugby out in that league in Japan seems to suit the style he's been trying to implement. It's closer to home. Yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah, yeah, close to home, loads of money. You know, he could easily, I could easily see that, but just as easily see him at America as well for the reasons yeah. mm-hmm. that you stated. Yeah. I mean, they need an identity, them, an identity themselves, and uh, I think um, as soon as they get one, uh, they're flying. Get him yeah. in the San Diego Legion, I say. <laughs> and Ed, um, with with a lot, this sort of a, another point of uh, Wayne Pivak, um, he was on the uh, media last night, um, waxing lyrical, saying ten days wasn't enough for uh, to prepare for a game, and having eight weeks before a World Cup would have been a lot. He would have been able to get more get more out of it. Do you think that bigger block would have given him more consistency, and um, would it have? had a more positive impact on the players and playing style? Uh, no. In short, no. I think, you know, he'd had, <laughs> up to that point, he would have had three and a half years as Wales coach and there was no buy-in by the players in those last couple of games and there was no sort of positive tra- trajectory to, to, to believe that would be the case either because you, know, you just looked at the players and they just did not look like they wanted to play for him and... Yeah, I just just almost like people didn't seem happy playing for Wales, which should be the, the yeah. pinnacle of yeah. a rugby player's career. Yeah, and if you think about it, I mean, eight weeks is still only fifty six days, and whether it's ten days or fifty six days, if you aren't, I feel like if you're an international coach who's not able to do the job in a ten day camp, probably aren't going to do it in a fifty six day camp. You're not buying new players in that time. You're not developing new talent. The successful international coach will have a long-term vision he'll identify players who can play to that vision he will sort of make tweaks when opposition teams identify the tactics but ultimately consistency pays but you have to work with the pieces that you've got and just finally i think if things look like they go sour over the course of a maybe one month camp in the autumn internationals can you imagine how bad things could get over the course of two or three months in a World Cup. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess definitely gets worse before it gets better. And um, lastly, with Wayne, as he's back in the UK, looking at the long term, if he's to give another interview on a Zoom call, do you think he's going to change his curtains? <laughs> I hope he does. I mean, even people I know who don't uh, like rugby dislike Wayne Pivak's uh, curtain situation. Ed, do you got any recommendations for Wayne if he's listening? Uh, well, he can't go to Shores anymore. They're shutting down now. <laughs> so, I think he'd be better off just uh, go with some blinds, I reckon. Some nice fancy blinds. Yeah. Some 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 great advice there, Ed. Thanks very much. <laughs> okay, let's um, have a look at last weekend's uh, fixtures where we had a regional sl- regional European slam. All the regions, all taking the spoils. What a weekend for regional rugby. Yeah, fantastic. It's not often we get to say that. And I, I think it's the result of a siege mentality, really. A lot of these players don't know if they're going to have contracts. And I think in all of the different ways, each of the regions has had a, a, a big sort of step change in their performances. So... You know, Cardiff had a really poor game against the Lions early in the season. Then they had Eggate, and all of a sudden, they went from losing games comprehensively to either compete in the whole 80 or winning games quite comprehensively. 
you look at Ospreys, all of a sudden over the festive period, they've developed this uh, front five play, which is enviable to any team in Europe, really. And and you look at the Dragons, you know, Dean Ryan's gone. Di Flanagan seems to be steering the ship in a better direction now. Uh, I, I'm not really sure how I can fit Scarlets into this, but, you know, they beat Cardiff, so they must be doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, with the all the regions winning in Europe at the same weekend, this hasn't happened for six years. Incredible. So go back to say what, uh, what you meant there, about, what you said there about the, um, the siege mentality. And um, I think you may be onto something there where the players are showing up for their futures. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Regions are truly benefiting from that at the moment. Yeah, Maybe like, that'll change let's not make, when contracts are. Let's not make any bones about this. This is all in spite of the WIU. Like they'll oh, put yeah. out, they'll put out tweets saying you know, "well done" and, and so on. But it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, like, is they they know that they are part of the problem in Welsh rugby, and I, I just I feel like it's I, I haven't got the words to describe it right now, but I, I just hate seeing them sort of worm their way in to taking the credit when they've been actively disruptive. There's definitely been a bit a matter of that. And um I think uh with the um we can move on to the Dragons game. Dragons partly being owned by the WRU. Not that there's a tedious yeah. link there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dragons winning out in power on the weekend. Um what do we think about that? Um I think they took their chances well and um hopefully they turn a corner turned a corner now like but um Hopefully Ed what do you reckon? Yeah, Ed, what are your thoughts on the uh, Dragons game? Um, I think probably the result of the weekend that none of us anticipated. Yeah. Um, super stoked for them. Uh, I really do hope it, you know, it's kind of like it's that sort of last building block to getting some momentum in their season now because they've been so close previously. And you know, Dragons of old would have just capitulated in a game like that. And yeah. folded under and and have lost quite heavily, but you know they slogged it out, out in France, and I would say probably deserved winners. They, you know they were unlucky to lose to Power at home. Yeah, um, the the other thing, really. Sorry, the the other thing there is Dragons of two weeks ago would have lost that in the final minute as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. uh, and 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 f- fair play to them. They've um, like I said, hopefully they they've turned the corner, got the monkey off their back. And um, take that into next week, which we'll come to later on. Um, moving on to the Scarlets game, Scarlets winning uh, twenty seventeen over Cheetahs. Um, it didn't look like the most comprehensive of performances by the Scarlets, um, and judging by the score, they could quite conceivably have um, lost it at the last. But um, Reese, what do you? Uh, Want to take us through that? Yeah, one? I think if you're a Scarlets fan, you, you're disappointed by that game, if not the result. Like, Cheetahs are basically a, a semi pro side wheeled out to fill a spot in the Challenge Cup. <laughs> they they yeah. don't have fixtures besides these knockout games. And, you know, beating them away in Italy really, really heavily. And then such a. I don't know, is. Just a shoddy performance then at home. I mean, you're playing in front of your home fans. You want to give them something to cheer about. It's a Friday evening kickoff, and yeah, it just it just really felt like a, a slog watching it. Yeah, so uh, they, they... Uh, it, it was it was tedious, and you know, I was much more engaged in the Dragons game than I was in the yep. Scarlets game. 
Yeah, totally. And I think even if you were a Scarlet's fan in uh, Parker Scarlet's and you were streaming the Dragons game, you might have been paying more attention to that. You know, was... I I wonder how many were doing that. Yeah, I, just, I you know if the weather was bad, I'd have gone into the clubhouse and asked them to put on the telly. Yeah. It was, uh... <laughs> And uh, the, the Scarlets are top of their pool. Yeah, they're, in, they're um, qualified. The, they won't the, mind. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Do we think? Do we think that's um, they've identified that uh, the league is pretty much off, and uh, their shortest way to um, a bit of silverware for a, for a bit of a morale boost, if nothing less, is going to be the uh, European route. Yeah, I think it's realistic to expect Cardiff and Scarlets to go on a bit of a Challenge Cup run. Uh, which will increase exposure. There's a couple more fixtures in the calendar, which is always good for your gate receipts. And yes, yeah, it's, it's the shortest path to Champions Cup qualification, I think, for both of those teams. Dragons have got some work to do to qualify. I, I think they still can. It's still in their hands. Um, but yeah, I think Cardiff and Scarlet's got a reasonable expectation to get to the quarters and beyond, I'd say. Ed? Yeah, I, I think I'd agree. Um It'd be interesting to see how they how they both play out the next game because obviously that affects the knockout rounds. You know when you're home or away. Um, I know we'll get onto the Dragons uh, game prediction, but um, I, I think you know with go back to Scarlets, they were so. I wonder if they just had no respect for cheaters, considering how easily they beat them. Uh, yeah. Out in Italy. And I think once Cheetahs got the foothold in that game, they kind of had a bit of momentum and then Scarlet's just kind of, you know, slogged their way over the finish line. But um, Yeah, if, it felt very much like they were, they were dragged down to a level, perhaps. Yeah. Okay, great stuff. Now, I think we'll move on to the Ospreys-Montpellier game. This was the big Some one. Suge- so I'm suggesting this was the game of the weekend. Oh yeah. Now can I can I start off by saying we do not deserve Justin Tubrick. Oh, we absolutely <laughs> we don't. don't. We absolutely don't. And and just a word for the forgotten man there, uh, Keelan Giles. That kick. He, he had no time to think about what he was doing, and yet he did, and he yeah. executed it. And you know what? Who's there to finish it? What utter footwork from Keelan Giles? Sliding in you know, from he, the twenty-two he, line. <laughs> like a child on a slip and slide, <laughs> and, and, he, and Justin Tubing knew exactly what he was doing with that early dive. Oh yeah, um, like you know, just for that that awareness. I mean, other players may have tried to pinch an extra yard, but uh, I think he's that, that that savvy kind of player where um, he he knew what his what his what his plan was. Did anybody else think he might have got called back for rolling after the tackle at one point? <laughs> Hmm. I don't because uh, I don't think it was could be classed as a tackle because it was a scrap yeah, on the floor, yeah. and I guess you've got momentum there plus the option to place the ball. I think I've just got residual TMO paranoia because like <laughs> yeah, you know, every time a try is scored now, it sort of adds to the suspense. It's like, oh, okay, what's gone wrong in the build-up for this try that we <laughs> need to try as good as that as well. You're yeah, always, you're yeah. always yeah. certain that something is going to be called back. Like I was convinced that Giles must have put a foot in touch or something in that if, gathering if, kick. But if, if any point of that play, you're going to go back and look at the. Look at the footwork, the footwork of uh, Keelan Giles. If not, just to admire it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. Oh, like, it's amazing. He, there was the amount of time it took him to do it was the only amount of time available to him to do it. If he'd yes, have been yes. a split second longer making his yeah. decision, he would have been in touch. It would have been botched, yeah. and he yeah. executed it perfectly. That ball went exactly where he wanted it to go. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, the planets aligned. 
yeah, you can't deny the talent of someone to take a bouncing rugby ball at full pace, drop it to your foot and kick it cross field. Yeah. Is is a one touch pass? It was the rugby equivalent of a one touch pass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he must immense. have been watching videos of uh, Gareth Davis and Lloyd Williams yeah. from oh, the World Cup oh. the night before. It was. It's, you're right. No, it was plagiarised. It was the same wing. It was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, uh, they could have lost it at the end, quite conceivably. Yeah, yeah, and, until until that final try, absolutely. But the, again, dog determination is is really underpinned their success of late. I think, and they've become that team who can um, get themselves out of a scrappy old situation. Like, and uh, there's none none more scrappy than than what than exchanging leads for the yeah. whole eighty minutes. Yeah. Ding dong. And uh, we move swiftly on then to Cardiff. Uh, I know this is more your boys' area than mine, so um, I didn't, know, I wasn't able to see this game. But uh, I'll let you guys lead on this one. Yeah, so I, I was there. Um, yeah, nice sunny afternoon down the CF10 towers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think um, I've said it before on this pod. Like this season, Cardiff have become flat track bullies. You show up with a weakened opposition, and we will turn you over. And you know you, you have to come loaded to beat us now. And again, the same as last time, Newcastle deserved a battering, and they they got one. I I don't think we got a second gear really. Um, it there was frustrating moments. Like we dropped a lot of ball. Our scrum was yeah. terrible. In fact, yeah. I I put out a tweet in the week where it feels like as a Cardiff supporter, sometimes you can have um, competency in one of the following four areas line out maul ruck scrum but you have to pick a deficiency in one of those as well so our line out was excellent teddy williams played phenomenally well in the line out but then our scrum suffered which has been actually quite a weapon all season so finding that balance i think is going to be important for us to go on a bit of a league run uh once europe's over and again similar to tipperick man a word for falato uh i've watched oh. this back on on tv since and Newcastle knock on approaching our five meter line and Falatau picks up the ball before it hits the ground but he starts out of frame and before anyone knows what's happened he's past the 22 approaching the halfway line before he's forced to kick and eventually we, we botch the try at the end but my word man like you put Falatau up against a six out of ten and he he just makes them look like children yeah the, the man is a, a machine he's like a rugby machine it's I, I would bring it be bringing my children up watching compilation <laughs> videos of Palatau saying please 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 play like this I know I mean we're, we're blessed right I mean Tipperick and Falatau I'm sure we'll talk about this later they're almost nailed on to start for Wales and whoever whoever fills that six jersey is going to be next to two absolute worldies yeah it's not so much of an armchair ride but um, that six has really got to play to their level 100% yeah yeah, that's yeah. a formidable back row. And they're in fantastic form as well. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's hope they can carry that on into the um, Six Nations, the World Cup warm-ups, and beyond. Okay, gentlemen, that brings us to the close of the first half. Oh, my whistle is gone again. Um, <laughs> okay, we'll uh, disappear. <laughs> That'll do. Uh, we'll disappear now for a quick um, a quick chewing on Orange and a natter about our tactics for the second half. And see you in a bit. Welcome back, everyone. 
Thanks for sticking with us. I think this is the bit you've all been waiting for. No doubt everyone by now, fingers crossed, has heard or at least seen some news surrounding the squad that Warren Gatland and his team of coaches have picked today. I must say, there were some shocks and some surprises in there from our opinion as a collective on the pod. But if you're lucky enough not to have seen the squad so far, let us do our due diligence and take you through Gatland's 37-man squad, which I think... 37. Start... I, I thought yeah, I had a sneaking suspicion he'd go for a slightly larger squad to have a look at some boys. I, I, well, I, I, I went to 35 last week because that was the game, but I, yeah. I did think he'd do it. He's a, he's a big Gatland squad. I mean, um, looking at what like we've alluded to, sort of the first Gatland squad and the last Gatland squad, all right, you're, you're, you're pretty much um, governed by, uh, by the powers that be for picking the, the numbers in the World Cup squad. Like, But the... The first um, Six Nations squad in 2008 wasn't a huge squad either. But no. we'll come back to that after. So, we'll start off up front where all good rugby games are won and lost. Absolutely. Because, uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, of course, the forwards win games and the backs decide by how much. We all know that. That's right, Mikey. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the loose head props will get technical as well with loose heads and blind sides. And That's the spirit. Absolutely. So, loose head props. Uh, Reese Carey, Wynne Jones and Gareth Thomas. Well, um, I think the uh, elephant in the room there is um, Wynne Jones. Yeah, uh, so it seems like it's essentially Wynne Jones over Nicky Smith, right? Which, and... Yeah. How? Well, I, I feel like that's a Gatland knows best sort of selection, maybe. So... He does this from time to time, doesn't he? Where, you know, he didn't get the nickname Cement Head for nothing. And <laughs> Wynn Jones, you know, I, I feel like Gatlin might be selecting 2019 Wynn Jones in his head. But then mm. he, he also did select Nicky Smith in uh, 2019 as well, yeah. as far as I recall. So, yeah. yeah, really interesting decision that because, boys, I don't know, Nicky Smith, uh, Nicky Smith, Wynn Jones hasn't played a lot of rugby no, this it, season. No, it was his first. Out in last weekend against the Cheetahs. Yeah. Off the bench. Any, anyone see where he went? Uh, again, I, I watched the game. I, I, nothing I can't remarkable. remember, to be honest, which I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think he was in many people's squads. Uh, as for Reese Carey and Gareth Thomas, I mean, we all know what Reese has been doing this season. We've we've mm. spoken loads about it. And, like, he, he, was, he did it again on the weekend, just... Started oh. a, started a run from sort of thirty meters out and just hit <laughs> hit the accelerator half a meter out and uh, bulldozed his way over. So I, I can see Reese being used as a sort of impact sub. Really, yeah, he's probably got that dynamic to be able to uh, come on and do um, do something a bit. He's not my favorite prop. I think um, he uh, gives a bit in a particular facet of the game, which is rather important to front row forwards. <laughs> You'll come on to that again another time. Gareth Thomas, um, a bit of a squad man here. Like, oh, I, he's been doing alright under Pivac. Mm. Maybe one of the um, one of the 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 the, the, the pen needs to shine through uh, Pivac's pocket. Yeah. Um, I like Gareth Thomas. I think he's uh, he's he's solid enough up there, and I think you know, 
maybe is a, a, around the the park maybe needs to come through a bit more but like you know he's, he's in that spot for the reason obviously I think um, mm. maybe it's a case of I think it's his scrimmaging yeah. I think his yeah. scrimmaging is probably the best out of the three uh, at the moment most definitely um, he's yeah I, I, I definitely say so yeah okay um, next we'll move on to hookers and uh, I don't think there's going to be any surprises here really who um who is in and who should have rightly been in? Uh, Dewey Lake, Ken Owens, and Bradley Roberts. I don't think any other hooker have come close to any of them three uh, this season. Yeah, it's a, <coughs> it's, a, it's a weird one this because the hookers do feel like form choices as opposed yeah. to, as opposed to Win Jones, for example. I think is a reputation pick because yeah. I, I fully expected Gatland to go reputation here and pick Elias over Roberts. I, I didn't oh. see Roberts featuring in, in Gatland's squads, but hey, you know, he's, it seems like he's earned it. Uh, for, for me, uh, Elias played his last game against Australia. Oh, the, he, he brought down that mall? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so he's, yeah, yeah. he's still on the Mikey Harris naughty oh, step. Yeah. <laughs> very much, very much so. And I don't think he's coming off anytime soon. Um, he's a, you don't get me wrong, he's a, he's a big old lump. He can get about a bit and his, his, his rugby does a talking, but it's, it's the arrows on him. It's it's the little things like that. Conceding penalties, yellow cards in particular areas of the park when you know as a player you know better than that. He knows better than that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think as much as this Elias not playing well, it's also Bradley Roberts playing very well. Yeah, out of his skin. You know, he's, he's... And yeah, he's been great for the Dragons recently, and I think his um, lineouts have been pretty accurate as well. Yeah. I, I'll be honest, I, I had my doubt to Bradley Roberts at the very start. <laughs> yeah, likewise, been... but um, I think, you know, having him play for the Dragons, yeah. seeing a lot more of him, and probably having more rugby than he did when he was at um, Ulster, uh, yeah. Ulster was it, and um, I think it's working wonders for him. Do we Absolutely. have to give Pivak some credit for unearthing him here? Well, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, and rightly so. It was his policy to go looking around for, for depth, and much in the same way you know, you give Gareth Thomas an opportunity. One out of 83 is not bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, tight deads. Thomas Francis, no surprise. Dylan Lewis, no real surprise. Injuries abiding. But um, Leon Brown, huge surprise. Like, <laughs> yeah. massive, massive. Left to centre. Left, yeah, I... left field. Or somewhere, somewhere maybe on, on Carla Field. I don't know. Like, 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 go on, I, Ed. I picked him up when we were doing our um, pivot pick. I really, really do like him as a player. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think he's played all season. I, I think I agree. Um, he's been injured since September. So I, I don't know if this is Gatlin saying I can rehab Leon Brown better than you can die Flanagan because <laughs> um, I need him back for the World Cup. Uh, but yeah, like genetically, he looks precisely like I want a tight dead to look in 2023. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just just stacked yeah. like athletic. Yeah, you know yeah. You, you, that that athletic. I mean, you don't see any props with you know you 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 you, you be a swilling you know tight prop anymore. They're all mm. you know you you got front row the same condition as back row but like it's like he hasn't played he hasn't got you know, the game time under his belt to sort of to warrant that and I had my doubts over Win Jones as well yeah it's, 20 minutes there's there's two weird reputation picks in the front row as far as I'm concerned yeah uh, you know, 
Yeah, uh, I agree. Leon and Win Jones being both of those. But um, there's, there's players out there, and we'll come on to that later, who are probably more deserving of them spots, but in guts we trust. Indeed. Okay. Uh, second rows Adam Beard, Reese Davis, Alan Win Jones, Teddy Williams, and David Jenkins. Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Um, so I, I saw him play on Sunday and. I thought two things. One, he had an excellent game. Two, Gatlin's not even consider him. He's already on Gatlin's radar. Like he's yeah. he's so young. He's fresh out yeah. of the academy. Yeah. But one thing I noticed about him was they were getting him up in the line out, and if he connects with the ball, he gets it down to the scrum half so quickly and so accurately. I think that really was a point of difference for him. Especially in a Cardiff team where we've struggled in the lineout, it also yeah. single-handedly transformed it. And you know, we still had the same hookers thrown in, but also yeah. he was good on opposition ball as well. He was up and spoiling quite a lot. So Gatland was in the stands. I wonder if he just impressed him. It's, it's, it's quite possible. Like um, when you got a, a second row function, second row function in a lineout, which when the whole process itself may not necessarily function from. From yeah. the throw in to the jump to the catch to the getting yeah. it down to the scrum off. I mean, he, he, is was he was he a player maybe that was sort of you know judged on that performance and judged one 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 or two places one or two points above a, another second row maybe. Well, I think he must have been because last season he, he, I think he played once for Cardiff. And, you know, like I say he's, he's basically an academy kid. Um, who, who's missed out? Do we think? Is, I guess Ben Carter. Ben Carter, um, I think um, Will Rowlands would have been in there, given. Uh, oh, absolutely! Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, without without the injury, definitely. Yeah, I think Ben Carter could probably cut himself a bit unlucky, but I mean, Seb Davis would have been in conversations, but I don't think his form no. would have warranted it. And Gatlin's been a bit iffy about picking Seb as a lock. Yeah, I, I think if you look at this list of locks as well. Mm. Uh, Alan Wynn aside, you know, David Reese and uh, Teddy are pretty athletic locks. They're not like, yeah, you know, yeah. big bulky locks like I suppose Seb Davis would be considered. I think Reese Davis got a bit about him. He's a he's a graft, he's absolute, absolute grafter. He played six for the Ospreys on the weekend, but um, mm. I think um, I, I I didn't like that. I, I'd rather see him stick stick to the rogue, stick to where you know. Yeah. And um, but I think um, I'm very. Very pleased the fact that Reese Davis has made the cut. Did you just invent that rhyme, Mikey? I think so. <laughs> stick to, <laughs> stick to the rose, stick to what you know. I like it. <laughs> we're, 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 we're nailing that down to the FL yeah. Rugby Pod, right? Yeah, Anybody that, else wants to come and take that? that take that's that. going on a T-shirt eventually, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, onto the back row. Um, not many surprises here, I should say. Um, uh, Tulube Falatau, Jack Morgan, Tommy Reffel. Uh, Justin Tuprick, Christ Chunza, and Aaron Wainwright. There's probably a few, one or two, maybe missed out there. Uh, personal opinions. Again, we'll come on to that later. But um, I think that's a very Gatland back row selection. I need to go into some detail here because some some stuff's lost <laughs> on me. So we've got Falato as an out and out eight. Tuprick as an out and out six. Realistically, Shins is an out-and-out six. Morgan, I see, is a, another out-and-out seven. 
Wainwright is six stroke eight. Raffle, what what we say about him? Six or seven? He's been calming it up for Leicester at seven, hasn't he? Yeah. So we've got three specialist open sides there, really, which is weird to me for Gatland. But Jack Morgan, I think, is probably going to play a complimentary six. He's yeah. A, he's a he's a grafty kind of. Which, which way round? Did, sorry, boys. Which way round did they go in the autumn? Tipperick and Morgan. Yeah, Tipperick was seven, and Jack Morgan was six. Yeah. Were we? Oh, right. Okay. No, I, I was. I thought we were the other way round. I thought we, we were weirdly playing tips at six. To when, a when when uh, Tipperick and Warburton would play together, you usually find Warburton taking the six jersey. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, okay. uh, no, sorry. Yeah, Warburton taking the six jersey. Yeah. Tipperick and uh, in the seven jersey. Okay, so um, we so we imagine Jack's the sort of six there. He's probably gonna. Tick both boxes. Yeah, that's how I that's how I've got yeah. him in my squad in my head as a six. So I guess really we're we're talking about guys like Moriarty, Alice Jenkins, uh feeling a bit peeved there. Moriarty I think can probably be the most um disappointed. I I know that people like his attitude and his approach to the game, but honestly I don't think he backs up with his performances all that often. Yeah, I think I tipped him to be in my squad, but like, I haven't seen how Wainwright was against Powell. Yeah. yeah. And and probably Wainwright having a bit more about him nowadays, yeah. you know, being slightly younger than Moriarty, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess the more I think about it, I think that is probably the, the right choice. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like, you know, the, the, the depth of back row in Wales as well. Like, I mean, if Navidi was fit. Oh, I, Nibidi, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and if, if Basham, Basham, yeah, again, Basham, done nothing wrong, and then how far and why do we cast the net for back rowers in Wales? Yeah, I, yeah. I think I think had he remained fit all season, both of them yeah. might have had a shout as well. But looking at this pack, boys, like the set of forwards, there's a lot of athleticism in there, as Ed was saying. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you've, you look at this. There's there's boys in there who can yeah. get around. There's mobility abound. So is um. Is is this round the corner game going to come back to Wales with the set of forwards? <laughs> I, I I think that our kicking game is going to centre around Tipperick and Falatow, To be honest, you'd be hard pressed to suggest otherwise. <laughs> okay, so we'll organically move on to the scrum half position. Um, Kieran Hardy, injured Reese Webb, and Thomas Williams. It was always going to be Thomas Williams and two others, right? Ed? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I can. I think just before his injury, Webb probably would have been my pick, and then the third one, I, I wouldn't have. I just couldn't predict. So I've got no qualms with Hardy. Um, no, but I'd say I'd say from what I've seen, Black has been outperforming him. Yeah, Hardy hasn't really had a great season so far. Mm-hmm. Definitely hasn't reached the heights he did in the uh, Six Nations. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he or he, previously he he developed into a real sort of dependable scrum half that uh, slam campaign, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's really reliable and really threatening. And um, I, I guess you know he's got that ability in him, and maybe Gatlin thinks that he can. You know, bring that back out, and, and and maybe it's a case of like you look at the selections there. Thomas Williams is probably going to get the nod. Yeah, almost certainly. Yeah, 
and then you've got oh, yeah. Kieran Hardy there as yeah. Actually, do you know s- what? Do you know what? I feel like it might be Webb. I feel like Webb might be first choice here. No, then. Do you want to be invited back on the terrace? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, Thomas Williams has been the incumbent of me so far. Really, he's been the the, the scrum half, and he's he's played himself into that position. I think rather than sort of like um, with Garth Davis and Webb when they were dusting off each other, it was one or the other. There was there wasn't a you couldn't put a fag paper between them. I just feel like he hasn't yet had his career-defining game for Wales, Thomas. Mm. And whilst you know, I, I think he is an excellent scrum half, I, I just wonder if Webb has had games where it's like he's been on fire for Wales, yeah. and and he's found some form as well. And he'll be, yeah, he'll be gagging for it, won't he? After all those pivot years in the wilderness, but like you, you've got some experience there, like you know. With the likes of your your Alan Wynn, your Falatos, your Reese Webb, are they there for more than playing? Quite possibly. Yeah. Um, although that's um, what apparently apparently the reason Dan Cole is in the England squad is because they haven't got a scrum coach. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad one. To, not a bad one to have, mind. Aye. No. So onto the fly off, the most revered jersey in Welsh rugby. Dan Bigger, Reese Patchell. And should be no surprise, Owen Williams is there as well. I called these three. This this is my exact <laughs> guess. Um, well, yeah. well done, well done. Uh, yeah, like, so who's who's the emissions here, boys? Because like, you know, bragging you, I I did call this. So who, who do you think's who do you think's more hard done I by think, um, Jared or Sam? Um, Sam, I'm not sure if. Uh, Jared is uh, is what is what Gatlin's looking for. Uh, yeah, I I think um, I thought he would go too safe, someone risky, which is why I thought Jared would be the pick. Um, just Pip and Sam, I see those two as very similar players, but um, I think he just he wanted sense sensibility in that yeah. position, and I think you're not going to get any more sense sensible tens than those three in Welsh rugby at the moment. Uh, Owen Williams is playing some sage rugby. Oh yeah, just make uh, no bones about that. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm excited, and like he's picked him definitely as a twelve there, because uh, sorry, as a ten there, because he's got five centres in the squad. So I, oh, yeah. I, Nick, he's not coming on as a twelve. I Owen, don't know. I, Owen, Owen Williams is on the bench to be a ten when Big I guess tired. That's why I see it. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know. See, but we'll come on to that. And coming on to the centres. Uh, I was quite surprised with these selections. Uh, Mason Grady, Joe Hawkins, George North, uh, Nick Tompkins, and uh, <laughs> Kieran Williams. So yeah, when, when this when this was when oh, we were when we were playing <laughs> when we were playing guess the Gatland squad last week, I thought he was already going to get take four centers, and I picked Grady, Hawkins, North, and Williams. Uh, I honestly didn't think Tompkins would appear on his no. radar but no. now I'm thinking was I wrong because two like Pivak picked him 25 times one of his only consistent picks and now Gatlin's back in this decision up seemingly mm, I don't know There's, there seems to be some selections here which are like I need to look at them yeah yeah I, I think it might be a case of what did Pivak see in Tompkins it might be a case of he's playing quite well for Saracens it might be a case of it's a continuity selection just to yeah. yeah, 
I think um like with my selection I'd gone for um I think I'd gone for that except maybe not I can't remember now Kieran Williams or Joe Hawkins I went for one or the other but I had Watkin in as a bit of a sensible experienced head and I wonder if that's what he's doing with Nick Tompkins um kind of having him there as the experienced definitely not sensible head hmm. um, I mean Nick Tompkins had his chance I think when he went to the Dragons as being that you know, player coming from Saracens, player I, with international experience, and I'm not sure if he um, did himself. Any, in my humble opinion, other opinions are available on the pod and wider, no less. I've got, a, I've got, an, I, I think the thing with Tompkins is because he's quite chaotic and he tries stuff, and I'm not saying he necessarily tries good stuff or the right thing. If he's playing behind a dominant pack, then his sort of chaotic energy might pop up in the right bit of the universe. Yeah. How, often, how can you rely on that, though? Well, no, you can't, which is why I don't understand why it's a Gatland pick. But if Gatland's confident in his pack, then Tompkins might be that uh, stardust player that sometimes Gatland makes allowances for. If that's the case, they play in 10-man rugby. Oh, aye. <laughs> <laughs> Serious? Like, you know what I mean? It's, it'd, you, it'd, be, it'd be really helpful at this point if our listeners could see the look on Mikey Harris's face right now. <laughs> Dis- despairing. I'll be honest, despairing. But that's why we have opinions, and that's why uh, we, we do rugby pods. Indeed. And moving to the back three, um, Josh Adams, Alex Cuthbert, Rio Dyer, Lee Halfpenny, Lewis Rees Samit, and Liam Williams. Yeah, I, I've got no real quarrels with any of that, I think, Ed. I think... No, yeah. same. Uh, really? You, you know, based on... The lesser numbers we guessed with, that's pretty much everyone I guessed for. Just, I left Louis Riesamet out based on injury, but I think if I had that option again for that many players, that's probably exactly the back three I would have chosen. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm surprised at Alex Cuthbert's inclusion. I think it's probably the least expected of those five players. Uh, you might have considered going for some more youthful energy there um, because you, you know what you're going to get with Cuthbert and he's never going to be a sort of link player or somebody who gets into the nitty gritty of the patterns he's usually going to pop up on the end of something so some time out of the Wales camp if he did need to bring him in in the World Cup I don't think it'd be too easy to slot him back in um, and yeah whereas you know maybe a Giles or a Hewitt a, a Lane if he hadn't gotten injured on the weekend could have been Ryan, a, a better pick. Yeah, uh, if 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 Akil and Giles' footwork couldn't, mm. yeah, couldn't he couldn't do any more? Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. If if you're looking at that, like, and you you're thinking if he can do that in the the, the time and the space that he was given, yeah. But yeah, uh, mm. yeah, I'm ready to believe that like Giles is probably top pick of reserves should an injury occur to the back three. I'd They're like to think there. so, yeah. I mean, like, the, there's, there's Ryan Conbeer as well who who saved the Scarlets more than once this season. Yeah, yeah. I, I think maybe with a Conbeer, I, I just wonder if Gatland thinks that quality won't translate to the international scene. A bit a bit like Lane, really. Uh, I, know, I know he did pick Lane in the past, but I, I just wonder if there's more stardust knocking about Wales and Gatland's just gone with that. Yeah. 
It's uh, quite quite conceivable. Ed, any more there? No, um, I'm pretty just pretty stoked by the whole squad. To be honest, <laughs> even the surprise picks are <coughs> picks that I'm happy about. Yeah, I think I think overall I'm. It's it's weird, isn't it? Because the personnel hasn't changed that much, but. I just feel like I'm happier with it somehow. <laughs> I don't know. I'm 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 still at uh, I still need convincing with um, a few of these picks. But like Ed said, in guts we trust. <laughs> <laughs> we have to. We have to. So um, multiple exceptions. Indeed, we've alluded to a few as we've gone along so far. Um, Ed, do you want to give us a few notable exceptions from your perspective? Um. Uh, well, we've mentioned a couple already, like um, Nicky Smith, Seb Davis, uh, Moriarty, Watkin. Um, I think... I think that... Sorry, go on, Ed. I was just going to say, I, I think personally, uh, one or two people that could feel quite hard done by other than those is maybe Sam Wainwright, who's probably gotten used to thinking he's now solid third-choice Wales tight head to then be usurped by a tight head that hasn't played since September. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've taken the liberty of writing a little list here of, I think, literally everybody you could conceivably feel aggrieved if you want me to rattle through it. <laughs> yeah, go on in. Yeah, go for it. And give me a yay or nay for each. So does this person feel aggrieved? <clears throat> Nicky Smith. Yes. Yay. Will Griff John. Yes. Yeah. Sam Wainwright. No. Yes. Oh. Seb Davis. No. Yeah. Owen Watkin. Yes. No. <laughs> this is brilliant. <laughs> Ross Moriarty. Yes. Mm, yeah. Tune in next week where people read out names and then say yes or no. <laughs> okay, we're nearly halfway there. Uh, Dane Blacker. Yeah, I generally, yes. yeah. Sam, Sam Costello. Mm, no. Yeah, in the end, no. <laughs> Jared Evans. No. Uh, yes-ish. Reese Priestland. Yeah. No. <laughs> Jonathan Davis. No. Um, he's trying hard. He is trying hard. Let's see which isn't functioning, so yes. Keelan Giles. Yes. Yes. Ashton Hewitt. Uh, no. Given given the other wingers, they, I don't think so. Yeah. Ed, where, well, are you on, where are you on Ashton Hewitt, Ed? I'm a yes. I, I think he's probably playing his best and most consistent rugby yeah. and longest injury-free period. Yeah. Um, so I think he could probably... I think they might have hoped that there might be a slight chance for him, so I yeah. feel like there's a slight grievance with him. Okay. Uh, ben Carter. Yes. Mm, undecided. Uh, Ryan Elias. No. No. He's, cocked his, he's cocked his goose. Lloyd Williams. No. He's been there before, he so yeah. no. Gareth Davis. No. No. And finally, I'm, I'm shocked Mikey hasn't said this name tonight. Morgan I know what you're going to say, and I was going to bring it up if you didn't. <laughs> well, I, I left him for last few <laughs> Absolutely. He was, again, come off the bench for the Ospreys on, on the weekend and won a, won a turnover, which effectively impacted massively on the game. And, you know, for number eight... Like he's been playing to, to do something like that. Granted, it was right, in club rugby, but I, I I know I didn't pick him when we went through squad last last time. But he's just a, a, a casualty of 
you've done nothing wrong. You I, can I do more right. I, I don't like to do this to you, but like, yeah, who would you have picked him instead of? And yeah. Uh, may, conceivably Wainwright, maybe? No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, like I think yes, to feel aggrieved, but then you, when you do sort of start to look into it, you are like, but what, but for who? What what do you think and, this? What do you think this does to him? Does he kick on or does he? Oh, what, you, you it fires you it fires you right up, I reckon. Yeah, but, but, I'd but, like to think it fires him up, and I, he's got to be sort of up there as the top reserves for the back row, well, number eight berth, I should say. And, and but I think that. That's the key there. Right, Falatau doesn't. You don't. You don't see him as anything other than an eight, and it, it just seems to be Wales has one number eight, and that number eight is the number eight, until another number eight comes along. I mean, we've tried. It's been tried with um, Moriarty at eight, but it, it, it when he plays eight and Falatau doesn't, you see a bit of a difference and. Or you can have a Moriarty and a Falato playing together, but Moriarty takes the six jersey and Falato takes the eight jersey. And again, with with selections like that, it's horses for courses. Yeah, it's it's not actually a wildly different squad from the twenty nineteen World Cup squad. If you wanted to take a quick look at that one, yeah, um, yeah. There's, there's there's some players in here we've spoken about quite a lot. Um, so we we've already spoken about how Ryan Elias is out. Uh, Elliot D is another one. Um, yeah. Um... I'm not sure if it's been injuries with the, with him in the Dragons, or yeah, but we haven't seen him. Like you know, he's been no. Bradley Roberts has been the 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 hooker there, and um, the young lad coming off the bench. I can't quite remember his name on the weekend, but uh, you know, yeah, it, it, seeing that game out, which you know, I think Dave Flanagan has said uh, he's enjoyed seeing the young players coming on yeah. and seeing games out. Yeah, and and moving. I mean, we've spoken about Nicky Smith, but then you're looking at actually uh, there's three locks missing. Uh, Jake Ball, Bradley Davis, and Corey Hill. Um, <coughs> now, of course, we we know Jake Ball's on the other side of the world, as is Corey. Uh, I don't think Bradley was in with a shout, really, was he? No. Didn't he? I, for some reason, I've got it in the back of my mind that he retired from international rugby, but... I think he might have done. Yeah, he's definitely been showing up for the Ospreys lately, but... yeah, I mean, I could be wrong about that, but yeah, I don't. even if he hadn't, yeah, he definitely was, like, way down the pecking order now. Yeah, um... Moving on to the back row, then there's James Davis, Ross Moriarty, Josh Navidi, Aaron Shingler, yeah, all sh- left out. Obviously, James Davis, uh, James yeah. Davis retired. Yeah, um, I don't think Shingler was anywhere near. No, God, no. No, but but Navidi would have a fit. Navidi is a yeah. massive asset. Oh yeah, and he might be back this week. So watch this space. I think. <laughs> and I, for me, given the situation in the back row, one down. He's next cab off the rank if you go in for absolute I think so. quality. I think so. And, you know, Gatland isn't afraid to bring boys straight in as as we've seen today. Win Jones, um, Leon, Leon Brown. Brown. Yeah. Josh Navidi, injury corner. Uh, <laughs> scrum halves are Ali Davis and Gareth Davis uh, missing from the World Cup squad. No I, surprise with Ali, I think. Yeah. You know, I've said before, I thought he was lucky to go to the World Cup anyway, but. Um... I know he's been turning up well for Saracens, but I just think you know there are better nines in Wales. And yeah. I don't think Ali's got anywhere near the sixty cap rule either. No, yeah. I mean better nines in Wales even coming through with Ruben Morgan Williams. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, for me, like 
it'll be him and uh, Dean Blacker going oh, forward. Yeah. I agree. Uh, so, Bigger and Patchell are the fly-offs, so they're both in. Um, Jonathan Davis, Hadley Parks, Owen Watkin, Hallam Amos missing. So again, Parks ineligible, Davis too old. Watkin, I think, can feel a bit hard done by. Yeah, and I think so. Amos retired? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's quite a quite a good chunk of boys who know Gatland quite well, by the sounds of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Give, given, you know, re- retirees and injuries and unavailabilities due to cap rulings, etc. Um, those those who, who would be available, i.e. John Owen Watkins, John Davis, Moriarty, yeah. the BD injury aside, they're the ones who were there or they're about. Yeah, it's, it's a surprising amount of retirees actually from that uh, 2019 yeah. squad. Mostly, uh, sadly, injury related. Yeah. Yeah, not, not, not to miss out as well, Nicky Smith, I think he's been outstanding for the, for the Ospreys this yeah. Yeah. season so far. I think he was the big one for me. Mm, yeah, es- Especially considering they've gone to win Jones yeah. and especially considering the mobility of the rest of the pack. That feels like a weird squad. Uh, did we want to talk about survivors from Gatlin's first first squad? I mean, how far Survivor. do we go? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a constant, like, he's been there for the yeah. past hundred and... He's got to be 200 caps now, haven't he? I thought you were going to say years then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, incredible. What a, what a guy. Do you want me, just for a treat, to rattle through the 2008 squad? Oh, oh let's go on. Yeah, let's um, let's look at them halcyon days and reminisce. There's there's a lot of didn't come through an academy in this. <laughs> Here we go. Then. Hugh Bennett, Matthew Reese, Gareth Williams, hookers. That's a that's a different era, isn't it? Oh, oh yeah. Loose. Uh, so I've, I've, I'm not going to differentiate between the tighties and the looseies here, but Geth and Jenkins, Adam Jones, Duncan Jones, and Reese M. Thomas. Remember him, Reese Thomas? Oh uh, yeah. yeah. No, then, I was this for locks. Ian Evans, Ian <laughs> Ian Goff, Alan Wynn, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones? Do you remember yeah. Daniel? Yeah, Cardiff legend, of course. Warriors, thank you. <laughs> uh, flankers, oh, man. Check this out. Oh, back row, let's go through this. Robin Soden-Taylor, Jonathan oh, yeah, Thomas. I liked, I liked Robin Soden-Taylor. He's, I think he was a... Injuries did for him, really, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Sadly, he was quite a good, uh, almost a Tipperick type seven. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan Thomas. I guess you could say he's a survivor. He's a uh... in, yeah. in, in a roundabout way. He's, um, he's back in the mix, isn't he? Yeah. Martin Williams, Gareth Delve. Still, well, Martin Williams is the team manager as well, isn't he? So. Oh, I think he is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, uh... good shot, Michael. Mm, thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, Gareth Gareth Delve and Ryan Jones and Alex Popham. Oh. Hal- Halcyon Hal- Hal- days when we had three number eights in the squad. Ooh, was, uh, was Ryan Jones dusted up at six as well at points? Yeah. Uh, mm. Now then, there were three scrum halves: Mike Phillips, Dwayne Peel, and who? Gareth Cooper. It was Gareth Cooper. Another warrior for you. Aye, <laughs> uh, and I think no. As How I was is about... he still hanging on? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he was. Uh, born in 1979, Gareth Cooper, if you believe that. Fair play. Fly-offs, some quality here. James oh. Huck and Stephen Jones. Oh. 
the fly-off they'd never played fly-off yeah uh, centres Gavin Enson love that man Sonny Parker (laughs) and Tom Shanklin there's three centres there right who could you know in that time of rugby I think they they were doing it all they were oh I like you know be hard hard pressed to not take another international setup at the time yeah and struggle if they were available for another country not not fit them in some way I, I totally agree and yeah like Shanklin and Henson's partnership in 2008 was just glorious. Yeah, yeah absolutely it was glorious. immense. Yeah. And to have Sonny Parker as an option to come on, I, yeah. I always rated him so highly. Yeah. I, I always I always thought that every game I'd watched him play, he was impressive. Yeah. yeah. Even, then, the, even, in, even the sort of uh, the, the Ponty days, like, yeah. you know, he st- stood out. Sonny Parker, 13. John Bryan, 12. What a centre partnership at, yeah. at, at, at club level at the time. And our wings and fullbacks then Tom James, Mark Jones, and Shane Williams on the wings. And then fullbacks Lee Byrne and Jamie Roberts was announced as a fullback for this squad. Well, they oh, that's certainly right, yeah. Well, they fixed him proper, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> you went yeah. away a fullback and went away, come back an inside centre, no less. Uh, his, well, his first cap was actually on the wing against Scotland. Was it? Yeah, aye, yeah, that was his uh, debut, believe it or not. And then Gatlin said, nah, you know what, this, nah, isn't, a, this isn't a back free player, we're going to yeah. send him up the middle for a decade. And and, and what a decade it was. I mean, uh, what, what what really did it for me, I didn't really think, looking at that Lions tour in 2009, where um, Jamie Roberts 12 and Brian O'Driscoll 13, two hard-running centres would work Yeah, at the time. Yeah. It was it, that it, more creative... Nine, uh, ten, twelve axis was the way rugby was looking. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But that obviously, but it, but it worked. Two hard running centres, absolutely sort of didn't win it for the Lions. But I think it did absolutely shock South Africa. Yeah, it court. was like it was like the least creative way to revolutionise the Northern Hemisphere game, and it worked really well. Like we we had success with it. It's, take yeah. take a step backwards to go forwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we've gone through the 2008, the 2019, and the incumbent class of 2023. Aye. Who makes our 23-man squads for the opening game versus Ireland in a couple oh. of weeks' time? Okay. Okay. Who wants to go? Ed, do you want to take us through here first? Should we? How do you want to do it? If I just read out my pack, starting pack? Yeah, sounds good. Cool okay, so I've got front row Gareth Thomas, Ken Owens, Tom Francis, pack of Aaron Beard and Reese Davis, and then a pack row of Jack Morgan, Justin Tipperick, and Faletau. Go on, Reese, give us your give us your eight. Okay, so I've got a slightly different approach here. Uh, I think his front row is going to be stodgy and scrummagey so I think he's going Win Jones Ken Owens Tommy Francis I don't see why he's brought Win Jones in unless he's going to use him so I think he's I think he's going straight in with those uh, mm. second row I think he's going to go tried and tested mm-hmm. Alan Wynn and Beard and then back row I think he's going Tipperick Fartow and Shinza oh really that's a that's a heavy back row that is I've, I've gone with um, Gareth Thomas Ken Owens Tom Francis 
Adam Beard, Alan Wynne Jones, uh, Jack Morgan, Justin Tubrick, and Fallot out. Yeah, I, I think really we, we all know what the difficult positions to pick they were, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to see what he does. Yeah, I've, I've tried to get into Gatlin's mind, and it's a, it's a, it's a confusing place. I don't think he'll go for win, but just purely based on the fact that he's had very little game time and therefore scrum time. Yeah, that's um. And to chuck him straight into start against Ireland, against Tyke Burn. Uh, sorry, Tyke Furlong. I know that's yeah. what's going to be. But I mean, you know, this is Gatland we're talking about. <laughs> um. Also, dudes. I, I will admit now I haven't actually put Alan Wynn in my squad at all because I feel <gasps> like he's going to be there <laughs> for the experience and for the leadership. But yeah. I also feel like Gatlin might use this as an opportunity to um, look at the wider players. But, you know, yeah. again, I've tried to go into Gatlin's mind and I don't think I've come up uh, very well. You need I, a sledgehammer I, I, to break the cement, really, do <laughs> I, I, I think I've gone with probably the most... most not going to match Ireland as such, but what's going to be Wales' most competitive set of eight? None of them boys were there are going to take a back step. Like you've got a bit of a bit of familiarity there with Tom Francis, Ken Owens, um, and and being backed up by Alan Wynn and Adam Beard in the second row with um, the two flankers who proved they've worked together yeah. with Wales previously. And and Falatau just does Falatau things. Of course he does. Okay, moving on to the back division. These are the boys who make who uh, who decide by how much Wales are going to win by. Ed, you want to go through your, your, your back uh, Yeah, uh, I've gone for Thomas, uh, 9, Dan Bigger, Josh Adams, 11, Joe Hawkins, George North, uh, Rio Dyer, and Liam Williams. The reason for Rio Dyer, I'll just Ooh. say quickly, is because I don't think uh, Reece Samet will be uh, available by then due to injury. Yeah, um, I, I've got exactly the same. Nice. I've gone uh, Thomas Williams, Dan Bigger, Rio Dyer, Kieran Williams, Phil in the 12 jersey, George North, Josh Adams, and Lee Halfpenny. Oh. Uh, okay, okay. I can I can see it. I can see it. I. If it starts to feel a bit stodgy then, is all yeah. I'd say. Well, this... Look, look, looking at it, it's that kicking option. Mm-hmm. Where, like, picking picking Lee Halfpenny over Liam Williams. Um, Liam Williams can do a bit more than Lee Halfpenny can. If a winger goes down, you can send Liam Williams on. Yeah. Or if a winger goes down, you could send a centre on to push George North out. Mm-hmm. Depends how the game is going, like. But uh, yeah, you no, know, it's, it's it's thinking. Who, who, it's all, it's almost kind of, you pick your bench first, okay, and then you sort of like pick who's gonna, who's gonna start when you've filled in, who can fill in, yeah. But uh, we'll move on to the um, to what Eddie Jones called the the, the finishers. Oh, Didn't the he call them the finishers, the finishers yeah. or something? Eddie, <clears throat> Eddie lives. We we this um this Eddie's world. We just live oh, in it really. From it? one Eddie yeah. to the next. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Take us through your um, your bench. So I've gone Reese Carey, 
Dowie Lake and Dylan Lewis on the bench. Um, uh, front row, sorry. And then I've got Dav Jenkins, block replacement. Uh, Junza, back row replacement. Webb, scrum half. Owen Williams and Lee Halfpenny. Interesting. I'm very similar. So my front row is Lake Carrie Lewis. Uh, second row, Dav Jenkins. I've picked Chris in my uh, in my starting 15, so I've got Jack Morgan yeah. on the bench. And then my backs are Webb, Owen Williams, and I think if you're going to introduce somebody to test rugby, do it at home. Do it off the bench. Mason Grady, Ooh. 23. I like it. I like it. Against Leyland? Fuck them. Oh, all right. (laughs) That's the rationale. Okay, um, I've gone with uh, same front row: Dowie Lake, Reese Carey, and Dylan Lewis. I've put Christ Junzer in the second row. I can't see happening. Uh, And Mm. and Aaron Wainwright. Okay, I think um, you got a bulky old lad there uh, with uh, Junzer who's got the capacity to be able to cover second row and you know Aaron Wainwright is as is as athletic as, as any back row in a squad so he can cover you've seen him cover eight seen him cover six and with Jack Morgan there as well if if who the man who we do not deserve goes down hmm. then you, know, you can shuffle the back row about appropriately and then uh, obviously Kieran Hardy you know, like for like with a nine um, Owen Williams Covering 10, 12. And then, um, again, depending on how, if and how injuries went, Liam Williams covering the back three. And, mm. you know, if, if George went down pushing Josh Adams in yeah. a yard, not that he's had his finest days in the 13 jersey, but. I, I can actually see if he starts half penny Liam being on the bench. He, if, if Liam's are starting, he'll be in the squad. I'm, I'm sure of it. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Yeah, 23 is. Uh, you you can't not like uh, when, you, when we went on, went on to watch um, uh, the Blues and the Ospreys the other day and he put that kick through for uh, I can't think what the winger was at the time. Uh, that was quite a quality uh, quality kick. You realise we just almost made it for an entire podcast without you misnomering Cardiff. <laughs> oh, did I? <laughs> almost. Did I almost. I tried hard as well. <laughs> <laughs> we nearly got there, but. <laughs> It just slips uh, off the tongue, doesn't it? It's too too easy. And it's only this season. It's been a long night, doesn't it? Oh, good God. <laughs> okay, so we move on to uh, this weekend. Uh, sees ah, us yeah. entering into another round of European fixtures. Um, let's just rattle through the fixtures as, as they stand. Friday night, 8pm, we see uh, Ospreys visiting Leicester. Uh, Saturday afternoon... Uh, we see Scarlets travelling away to Bayonne, uh, much in the same vein later on Saturday evening. Um, Cardiff is it in Breve, and Sunday sees the Lions travel to the Dragons. How do we think this weekend's going to go? Uh, so if, if I just bash through all my thoughts on those, I guess. Um, it's tricky, isn't it? So Leicester Ospreys. Leicester have actually had a bit of a cup run. They're, they're third in their pool. They've won three from three. Uh, they've already secured qualification, though. Um, Ospreys aren't actually guaranteed a knockout spot. Things they could lose and other results could go against them. 
So it's kind of like Ospreys must win. Leicester must win to get a home knockout game. It could be a bit of a bit of a, cla- a modern classic, this I think. And I, think I, I don't know what to call it. I th- I'll, I'll probably go Leicester four-one for that. I think it's got all the makings of another game of the weekend. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot on it. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, um, I've actually got this down as a tight Ospreys win based on, yeah. you know, less already qualifying, not doing too well in the league, no relegation in the league, so that doesn't matter so much. But um, I think Ospreys will be buoyed by the run of victories they're on at the moment. And yep. that, you know, dogfight win against Montpellier. I, I wouldn't be I, I'm back in the Ospreys to do a tight win here. And the way they went down to Leicester in in, in Swansea was disappointing at the very least. Uh, it's a game that was there for the taking and like Greece you said, sort of so far the last couple of weeks they've just developed that steely edge to yeah. uh really be able to I think to take it to Leicester and I think some of the boys there, uh, particularly Morgan Morris are going to be absolutely tanked up, ready to go. Yeah. Nicky Smith and all. Um, oh yeah. Who else? We, who else? Nicky Smith going to scrummage into the stratosphere this oh. week. <laughs> okay. That that game within the game, I'm looking forward to forward to the most. So yeah. just for just for my notes and for when we have to talk about this next week, you're going four one Ospreys the both of you, and I'm going four one Leicester. Is it? So what? What? Sorry. What do you mean? I, I'm going to go four two. 4-1 meaning Ospreys get, uh, sorry, Leicester get a losing bonus point, Ospreys win. Sorry. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know about that. So are you, what are you saying? Who's winning? Ospreys winning. Yeah. And Leicester aren't getting close, you're saying? Oh, no, I think they'll, they'll, they'll come close, yeah. Okay. Okay, so Ed's going a two-try losing bonus point for... Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'd go, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely go with the, go with the same, yeah. Okay, okay, a 2-4, I like it. Uh, right, what's next, Mikey? Bayon entertaining the Scarlets, 1pm. The Scarlets, I, I just don't know what to bloody make of them. Um, <laughs> look, okay, Bayon, bottom of Pool B, lost all three games, zero bonus points. It's impossible for them to qualify. They lost to Benetton on the weekend, but they're seventh in the top 14, so it's clear to me they're targeting not getting relegated out of the top 14. Scarlet's yeah. top of Pool B, sorry, Pool B, three from three, and they've already qualified for the knockouts. So, uh, Scarlet's... Scarlet's I, I, I'm going to go Scarlet's 5-0 for me. Yeah, I've got Scarlet's 5-0 yeah. here as well. I, I, I'm not sure if they're going to... I think Bayon will, will put up a fight, but I don't think the fight will be enough. Okay, That's just so, really, uh, they aren't going to bother. Yeah, I, I can dig it. So, Mike, if you had to do this in terms of league points, what are you saying? A Bay aren't getting any losing bonus points here? Um, I hope not. Okay, but and a Scarlet's getting is, is winning that, bonus points. Is that, is, that, is that home, France, home team kind of set up like in it? But, um, I, yeah. Nah, they've shagged it. <laughs> All right, <laughs> and moving. What are you saying? 
you say, you're saying uh, five nil scarlets, you? You saying five yeah, nil scarlets? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'll, okay. Yeah, if that's cool. what. Um, yeah. Uh, Saturday eight o'clock. Uh, Breve and Cardiff. Thank you. I'll be there. I will be in Breve on a on a works trip for the pod. Whoa. Oh yeah, pod pod solo pod outing. You're very welcome. Yeah, I'll, I'll be in. I'll be in whatever the Breve equivalent of the North Terrace is. Um, I, I, in light of the call-ups and the injuries, we we can't, there's no way we can go stacked. Um, Breve can still qualify as well if results go their way, but they're 13 from 14 in. Sorry, uh, but, 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 yeah, they're 13th in the top 14. So they, I don't think they've got much skin in the game. They probably don't want to qualify, if I'm being honest. So it's not on their radar, like is it? No, nah, I'm gonna say really. Uh, I might say a four-one to Cardiff there. I think Cardiff will scrappy win, and if they don't, I'm not coming home. <laughs> I think. Um... A brief have shown their hand in this tournament so far. They're not interested in it. Um, I think Cardiff, but it, it all depends on the team dice selects. I think if he if he stacks the team like he did against Newcastle, I could see it being another five nil. But well, if he does it, take man. the opportunity to play some of the wider players, then yeah, I'd say a four one win. I don't think it's even an opportunity because you know we've lost eight boys to Wales call ups, and some of those will be. You know, ordered to be rested. Yeah. We've had so many. We've had so many injuries. I'm not sure how stacked you can go. I think it's likely our tight head props are going to be Will Davis King and Freddie Barnes from the academy. So yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, I've got a Cardiff win as well. Okay, scrappy or close? Probably tighter than it should be. Okay, we'll, we're all going one four on that then. All right, and uh, finish us off, Embert. Sunday afternoon. Just uh, just after your dinner, <laughs> yeah. uh, dragons and lions. I, I got the dragons here. So let's have a look. Dragons fifth from eight in Pool B. One win, one draw, one loss, two bonus points. Lions third of eight in Pool B. One win, one draw, one loss, <laughs> two bonus points. <laughs> it's all points difference. Um, so. And I've also got for both of them can still qualify. It's in their own hands. So yeah, it could be a good game. This lions will be motivated. Dragons will be motivated. And dragons, dragons will be buoyed after winning against Pau. I hope. Yeah, I don't see dragons hammering anyone anytime soon. So I'm going to go four-one dragons. They'll they'll win, but just yeah it's not a it's not gonna be a high scorer like i said it's like the the the, the power game wasn't a uh, a massive scoring game but uh I can again see... that, that dra- yeah sorry go on it oh no i was just gonna say i i i can see this being a high scoring one in the but like a close a close high scorer because i feel like they're both gonna want to play rugby they're both it's both jouer, jouer, in jouer, their jouer. hands to win and qualify, and I don't think either of them have much stake in their in the league. No, it's much okay. in the way, so, much in the way the Scarlet sort of like you know shortest route to Silverway. I think I don't know, just based on like how Dragons have just failed at the last hurdle the last couple of times and at home, I've gone for a four-two 
Lions win here. Okay. How about you, Mikey? I, I'm going Dragons. Yeah, probably close. I think Lions will will come by a losing bonus point at least. Okay. At least one, but I, I don't see him getting a, a bonus point for the four tries. Awesome. All right. I think that's a that's a good little good little set of results there. That'll be interesting. I can't wait to sort of dissect that next time. Yeah, definitely. We predicted predicted predicting another um, weekend of regional slams. Yeah. Uh, who's Ex- who have we got that? Except Is, me. <laughs> oh, sorry, Ed. Has anybody? Um, I'm. I think. No, I. I don't think Ospreys are going to do it myself. Ooh, and I. Don't... And I'm. I, I'm nervous about Cardiff. So I, I'm like. But I've gone with a Cardiff win, so yeah. So it's just me predicting a slam then. I think it is. There we are well, then. Let's see what this after the week <laughs> after the weekend. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've always done so well on our predictions, so. Yeah. Okay, excellent stuff. Now, as we've previously alluded to, the knockout punch of the night, the forbidden loves of the week. Reese, yeah. Do you want to start us off? I've got my own, and I've got, I think, two submissions this week. Ooh. Yeah, uh, so my own, and you inspired me on this one, Mikey, is Aaron Wainwright's moustache. <laughs> I oh, like it. It's a filthy thing. <laughs> it, uh, it makes him look a bit like a soft toy that somebody left in an attic in the 50s, but <laughs> I, I like it, man. I think, uh, I think it, I don't know, it does something for his face. What do you reckon, Ed? Um, it's almost like I've seen him too, I've seen him more with it than without it now, so... Mm. It'd be strange to see him without it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Now, submission uh, submissions wise, I've had uh, Nick Tompkins as a forbidden love. <laughs> who? Name me had... the person who's put in Nick Tompkins as a forbidden love. And I've had Eddie Jones as a forbidden love. So, uh, which oh, one okay. should we do first? Eddie Jones on topic. Well, they're both on topic, really, but i can see the eddie jones one because i think he's one of those coaches a bit like maybe neil warnock in football where it's like if he's not your coach he's an absolute ballad but if he <laughs> yeah. is your coach he's yeah. still a ballad but you really like him and and, and, now, and now he's not coaching our sort of greatest enemies um you know i, I can enjoy him a bit more <laughs> Yeah, you know, he, he can actually like he's going to be knives out for england now isn't he which is oh, great yeah yeah, and our friend who likes Tompkins or, or loves Tompkins, uh, let me tell you exactly what he said here. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, he's got a skill set that nobody else has in that position. Oh, you're and, right there. And Chaos he doesn't. <laughs> and he doesn't think that the Tipperick try from kickoff against England happens without him. Mm, interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean. I haven't watched that try for a while. Mm. Um, I get the. F- I think I'd say among the majority of Welsh fans, I'd say that is a forbidden love. Yeah, I get the feeling we could be about to see a sort of shaggy dog story for Nick Tompkins, where he, he turns around everybody's opinion of him, a la Dan Bigger in two thousand and nine. <laughs> if he does oh, yeah, it, I yeah, think I'm more here for it. We got to stop talking about him because, like, I, I think Mikey's just going to rage. <laughs> yeet. My- the laptop out of the window. Send <laughs> <laughs> next door's dog after it. Yeah. Have you boys got any of your own? Yeah, go on ahead. Give us your forbidden love. Uh, uh, hands up. I'm actually struggling with one this week. So um, I'm going to 
I'm gonna take a boy. Okay. Oh, everybody get a wee. Everybody guess one. <laughs> we'll just have to change the name of the podcast. It's fine. Yeah, yeah sorry, sorry. Okay. Um, I've got to go with one of that's already come up tonight. And it's not, yeah. Nick, it's not Nick Tompkins. <laughs> Believe it or not. Yeah, Eddie Jones. And um, <laughs> got, he, he the, just savvy, got... <laughs> the savage, savvy shithousery of his. How... Daft for England to not put the bloody non embargo. Non, yeah, on in... incredible. Yeah, yeah, I think it's unanimous that one, isn't it? Is there's so much to enjoy about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And from the and when you're on the outside looking in, it's less like laughable, absolutely yeah. laughable. I mean, you wouldn't find that in business. Um, and re- re- reading about sort of England letting in uh, England's Eddie's England exit. Um. England's saying that uh, by letting him go, but still letting him be able to sort of find a career path after his England days, was the kind of thing blue chip companies do? Yeah. Since when <laughs> were the RFU operating as a blue chip company? Well, since at least 2019, it sounds like. <laughs> Evident, evidently so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's um, he's good value for um, world rugby. Um, Eddie needs rugby, and rugby needs Eddie. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Which uh, does that bring us to uh, an end of this week's yeah. um, Forbidden Love it. Rugby podcast? I believe uh, so. Thank you very much, boys. It's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Never a chore on the way out. Close the door. <laughs> oh, it's fun, new, I know. New career as a hip hop artist awaits. Something, something like that. Yeah. It might pay better than the podcast. We don't know. We don't know yet. Something, something we don't know. But yeah, thank you everyone for dialing in. Hope you've enjoyed. Like we said earlier on, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, see what we can do more of and see what we can do less of. So, see you next time. Au revoir. Bye, folks. <laughs>